All right, folks. The 2023 Manners Elite Hunter is in the books. Scores are posted. Prize table's been walked. Everything's good. Except we got an upset child who wants her daddy. 20 minutes, I promise. That's all we're going to steal them for. Um, Mr. Robin Brantley, the match director, is here with me. How was it? It was hot. It was, I mean, that was the motto of the weekend. It was hot. We need to really get on Travis Ashita for uh, <laughs> subjecting us to this heat. It was his, his weekend he offered, uh, but overall it went really good. It was it was hot. Uh, main focus was keeping people cool, keeping them hydrated, uh, out of the sun. Uh, you know, it was up to them to, to come and go out of the cool as they, they wanted to, so I think that was a big deal. Uh, but overall, I, I really didn't hear uh, – too much negativity in anything other than heat and <laughs> all that good stuff. So the, the heat. So 105 to 107, I think was the the average for the for yeah. the shooters. When we with the RO shot, it, I, I'm just gonna say it was hotter because I was out there. I think it was because we stayed till 7:30 p.m. Yeah. So we went from 8 a.m. to seven, almost 12 hours out there in the heat. And uh, I s would sometimes say it's worse when you come out of the ac into the heat ac heat ac mm -hmm. heat and it, it'll wear on you so i thought about quitting i think everybody had that moment yeah. when they're like i did too as the match director like this is too <laughs> this is too much i'm just gonna call it a day <laughs> my scores will be what it is um so we're out here at at badlands mm -hmm. we're out here in name of the city again or Grandfield Oklahoma Grandfield Oklahoma so just, just north of Texas just north of Texas high desert the plains cows mesquite trees cactus cactus just all of the elements I've never sh like shot no in shade o no shade no I've, shade I've never shot in Oklahoma um I wasn't signed up for this match I didn't see the RO sign up but I messaged you and was like hey do you need any ROs you're running the match. I know it's going to be a good match. You've helped me in the past, so I always want to help you out. So I drove out here and uh, and volunteered to RO for you. And, and what the crowd doesn't know or the listeners is that uh, you helped with all the scoring too. So we couldn't have done it without you on the, the scoring side of it. That was been – they do not need to depend on me for scoring <laughs> and registration. <laughs> I can handle targets, food, uh, that kind of stuff, but uh, – uh, yeah, the scoring. I, I'm, I'm gracious, grateful you were you were here to help on that, and Just it, it make, went very make, good. Making sure everybody had the right score and nobody like everything was reflected. We didn't need any drama on social medias or anything else like that. So if we can get it handled here right the first time, we won't have any problems. And we um, had three or four people that had it was a glitch in the system too. I'd say. Uh, so yeah, because we had already edited them, and then we went back, yeah. and their score still wasn't updated. So that was weird. Um, so we came out here. We shot Friday, like you said, from eight to seven. Super long day, and then hot and windy. Um, that's when we had the uh, Ryan Hay from Kestrel Magneto Speed. He ran all of the the chronograph and power factor stuff all day on Friday. So big shout out to Ryan Hay. And then the reps from Sig came out and did like a, a demo, didn't they? Mm -hmm. They came out and they brought had a a cro two cross rifles with the. Uh, their kilos and the and the BDX system to let guys do it, so anybody could just show up, tr shoot their stuff for free. But as you shoot for free, you're also in, entering yourself into a drawing to win free stuff. So it's like, that's, oh yeah, that's why pretty cool, you, right? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That uh, big shout out to for to Sig for doing that. But they're also like the series sponsor yep. overall. Um, and then we started shooting um, Saturday morning. Seven o'clock ish out on the range, uh, or seven thirty because we had yeah. a meeting here at seven. Seven thirty out on the range shooting um, three different locations. Yep. So it wasn't one static line. So it was a two seventy direction yep. of fire. So we shot east, north, and, and west. No, uh, both uh, the uh, east and north basically. Okay, east and north. Okay. Northeast to southeast on the other two ranges. We did have them a, a good span, so the winds were different. And then roughly just uh, northeast to northwest on the other one. So we did give them different winds, different lighting conditions, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So that, and it was tripod heavy. I'd Very say. tripod heavy. Yeah, this is, I would venture to say 85%. Yeah, easy. Uh, yeah, there's 
uh, each day there was three bona fide prone stages that there was no reason to not shoot them prone. Right. Other stages you could get by with some shots prone. I watched guys uh, that would only shoot tripods, and another guy would come behind them and shoot it just bipod rear bag and still clean a stage, but he's looking through grass, so it really got to test your style of shooting. Right. And I thought that was super cool because there were some stages I would have never considered prone. And then I, wa- and I watched guys struggle, struggle. Then these two guys, it was Chris Long and Big Ben Mann, got down there with just regular bipods rear bag and cleaned the stage that everyone else was struggling with because they could go prone. And uh, so I thought that was uh, super cool. You know, and I learned a lot as a shooter in that too because I would have never even entertained the idea of going prone and I watched them do several stages risking it some of them they weren't able to some they were but I was like hmm you know always keep it in the back of your mind if if there's a if there's a chance so uh that was super cool to see yeah uh, if there's a chance you could pull it off prone like yep. take it if you got a clearing through the bushes I know um on our stage on on stage 19 it was uh, shoot from the sticks. Shoot from the left side of a hay ring, right side of a hay ring, and then out in the out in the the brush again. And somebody lay down and would shoot prone, and then they get up and do tripod, and then they'd run over and do tripod rear off of the cattle gate, and yep. then they would do kneeling tripod off of out in the grass. So like you saw a little bit of everything. People were trying to to uh, successfully get through the match. Um, so we there was eighteen stages. Nine on Saturday, nine on Sunday. Yep. We wrapped up at about two o'clock. We were kind of waiting on an iPad. We had one uh, one straggler stage per se. Um, got that taken care of. Um, did arbitration. Got all the awards out, and then everything everything was good to go. I came um, here at eleven thirty to put uh, to get ice and water, and there was about six shooters in here eating already. That were already that, done. They were already finishing lunch. Uh, yeah, at 11.30, and I asked him, I said, did y'all get DQ'd? y'all quit early? <laughs> Is that no? We sh- and one of them was the, one of the winners of their divisions, and they just came here, and uh, they, you know, that's what's kind of cool about this is you can push through if you want, and some people did push through. They got done quicker. Other people said, I'm going to enjoy a little AC. They right. had to wait a little bit longer, but, uh, you know, the only one it really sucks for is the ROs that might have to wait longer in the yeah. because they don't get the – reprieve of, of ac like everyone else does but yeah we had a we were we were on 19 so we we're the last stage of the match and we had a pretty steady flow for a long while and then it it, it did turn into waiting and like is this the last shooter is this not the last shooter oh we got a couple guys yep. down there they're walking through so like it wasn't it wasn't too bad we did have a pop-up um so it wasn't it wasn't terrible but i mean it was it was warm and it was it was a battle. Um, I don't know what you saw as far as ROs. I figure we see a lot more gun issues with this heat and, and pressure issues. There, I didn't see hardly any, but I'm sure there was. There was. Um, I had two gun issues on my stage yesterday, and that was um, somebody had chambered around on the last stage and pulled it out, and it, the the shell came out, but the bullet stayed in the lands. Um, so on the stage, like – Ran over to the car, grabbed out a cleaning rod, tossed it at him. He rammed out the bullet and was able to continue getting some shots off. Um, and then another guy blew a primer and couldn't get his action closed. So I had all of my cleaning stuff in the back of the car, gave it to him, and then they were able to go ahead and, and clean out his gun and then make sure it was cycling properly to continue shooting the match. And I'd um, say most ROs, a lot of them would, but – an RO is not obligated to stop what he's doing to go help somebody. So that's, that's right. awesome. You'd be willing to do that for somebody. And then the only issues I saw today were some of the, the gas gun guys were uh, popping primers. Yeah. Um, I saw a few primers on the ground. So. Like, there was, did you see the one that was in here last night where we had – it had a hole in the back, but yep. there was something like punching through it. Yeah, that was one. That was definitely one of the gas gun guys. I don't know what what was going on with it, but it was definitely odd. I've never seen a primer strike like that. But all in all, like I really like the match. Um, shooting in the th- in the different locations, it's tough shooting all eighteen stages in one day. It is because it is long. With this weather, it was tough. You know, trying to keep your barrel cool so like you're not just burning your barrel because I mean it's a hundred and 
It's probably 108, 112 when we were shooting. And y'all can keep a, a faster flow than the shooters, so y'all's barrels could get very hot because you can almost run it at wide open pace. Right. Uh, uh, depending on how the RO the yeah. RO platform is, and me and you kind of talked about that. Because um, we ran fast. Uh, the, the first three stages ran super slow, and then everything else ran pretty fast. Yeah. Um, it was just getting – Getting started. Getting started and getting ROs on those stages. But other than that, like, there wasn't any, as far as stages go, there wasn't anything that, like, stood out as, like, that doesn't make sense or that's that's com- completely weird or, or out there. This was a heavy tripod match. There was some some props to shoot off of. Two. Um, yep. three, the, three, I guess you could say, with the hay bale. The, the hay bales. We had two hay bales, a fence. You had two hay rings. Two hay rings, a hay bale, and a fence. And a fence. And that was really it. Everything else was just natural. (laughs) Natural field. Like, get your tripod. I saw tons of different stuff. I saw high tripod or high bipod. I saw tripod kneeling, standing. Um, I saw prone tripod. Yeah. I saw um, using the prop and then tripod rear. I saw. Uh, triple pole sky pods ex- fully extended with tripod rear. Like uh, I saw a triple pole um, bipod with a tack table rear, and that guy cleaned it. Like there was just some some really cool stuff that I didn't think of that people were doing and getting some good success. So that was super cool. That's why uh, I said I learned a lot from this match too, just watching people do stuff. And I will say too, this uh, may have been a huge rangefinder match. This oh, was yeah. really big on. The, the the conditions were not favorable for rangefinders. Right, um, very, no overcast at all. Harsh sunlight made it hard to find targets and then range it. So right, it was, uh, you know, guys really had to work for the range. And then I didn't really try to hide anything. I didn't try to play any rangefinder games, but it really tested your rangefinder on the far stuff too because it's just these rolling hills. You don't know what to range, how to range it. I mean, you just, right. you got to use process of elimination and, and do your very best. So, And I did a lot of just measuring uh, the base of T-posts. Yeah. Like um, over on stage four, five, and six, it was a little bit tougher because everything was flat. You weren't mm-hmm. elevated on some of the other, like the other ranges, you're a little bit higher than some of the targets were. So it was hard to hit the base of a T-post. Like, on the circles, yep. the double chain, like, that one was tough for me. I missed that one. But, like, everything else was pretty pretty self-explanatory. There wasn't a bunch of backstops either. Yeah, it was so true field match. It was a true, like, if it was on a road and that road had a cut berm into it and you just happened to be on the road, like, it just happened to be on the road. Um, if you hit high, you knew because it hit grass. If you hit low, you'd hit the dirt. Like, that was your only real, your real indications. So this is your... This is your second uh, hunter match you've put on? Yes. Your first one was at Prince. So what did you learn at Prince that you brought into this one? First off, the two facilities or ranges are so different. I don't think they could be more different. Yeah, that one is a very square range. Uh, everything is could be very visible, so I worked very hard using every angle I could to hide targets. So when you looked across the range there in Louisiana, uh, you didn't see a lot of targets. Right. Or very, very few uh, so I had to hide them because you could have, you know, 60 targets all visible out here. It's wide open. I didn't mind if some were kind of visible because you're looking so different at a completely right. different angle. I didn't go to all the measures to hide it as hard, but I did hide any target that could be seen from the uh, KD range where they're zero because I was like, I right. do not want on Friday competitors ranging and shooting still. So I did go out of my way to make sure all those were hidden. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you could move 10 feet on either side of the targets and see the KD range, but I would use trees and hills right. and bushes, anything to hide it. So uh, I knew that wind would be more of a challenge uh, out here, so I didn't try going small targets. I wind, tried. wind was pretty soft on yeah. competitor days. Yeah, the ROs, I would venture to say the ROs had the worst run out of the match. So uh, I, would, I would agree with you. Like, I know that on other – shows like everybody's like oh the ro's shooting the best conditions and <laughs> like sometimes one day it's gonna flip-flop this was the day yeah this was 18 stages in 108 112 degree weather with 10 to 15 mile an hour like yep. sustained winds gusting to 20 fan. felt like a furnace fan blowing oh, yeah. on you 
uh, and pretty rough mirage. Uh, yeah, it was it was very challenging for for everybody, mostly for the ROs, I'd say. And it was not only the, but yeah, having to do all 18 stages, I couldn't imagine how bad the last four to six would be on the guys, you know, because we were dragging like dude dudes were literally to the point where they drive drive up to the stage and just sit in their car. Yeah, and several gave out they were like yeah there was more than one ro that said you know what just keep my keep my scorecard i'm good yeah i'll come in ro but i'm good yeah so i want to give a major shout to all the ro's that 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 pulled through because i know they didn't want to be out there in the heat uh and you know waiting on the stragglers some of them are sitting there on their stage just sweating and sweating and suffering and then they're watching guys sitting in their car just to not come out there for another 20 minutes so uh, huge shout out to the RS doing that, and I wish it wasn't in such bad conditions. But we worked with what we had, and yep. the match must go on. It and, must. Yep. And I thought it 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 went all right. Uh, I will say that one learning thing for me is I went out two or three mornings before the match uh, started, and to make sure I could mostly that the sun wasn't coming up in directly in line with your targets. Uh, right off the bat, I saw my rabbit stage. It was yep. it was a no-go. So the day before, I moved all the rabbits off the sun. However, when it's still, you're looking east, it still can get you. So uh, Saturday morning, stage one and stage nine, you were on stage nine. That Those yep. two were the toughest to find targets, and they were not hidden in any way, shape, or form. They had big yellow placards beside them. They were – so, like, stage – Stage nine was two raccoons. One was um, right on that that road. It was knowing where it was. It was pretty easy to find. But like even us looking through binos, knowing where it was at, it was tough to see. But like um, I think I I know that stage nine was hard, but I think seven was harder with those two coyotes. The scores made us believe that too. Yeah, like there was guys that timed out four minutes and never found a coyote yeah. and it's not th- i mean it's a giant white coyote with a yellow placard with a yellow placard and you just couldn't see it because the sun was coming up behind it and just washing like, it out washing yeah. it out like it was that was not my there. intent uh my intent on this match was everyone finding all the targets all targets to me in a match uh i want them all to be hittable i don't want meatball targets but i don't want something that and the average gun can't necessarily hit upon command, you know, right. say sub-two-tenths targets or whatever. So I had a criteria, like everything needed to be at least four-tenths in size. The only exception I had was prairie dogs that were like two-and-a-half to three on width-wise. Yeah. I mean, even the even the rabbits were kind of fat. Like, yeah. They were good. I still missed them, but they were yeah. good. Like everything was everything was hittable. Like, yeah. I wanted a two-MOA average, was kind of, which is six-tenths. Uh, that's what I was kind of shooting for. And I was like, look, it's big enough for a rangefinder. It's big enough for a rifle. And it's hittable if you do everything right, but it's not too big that lets you get sloppy with a lot of stuff. you got to range it right, dial it right, shoot it right, be stable enough. All the, the aspects that come into making this you successful as a shooter kind of come in. And it, it, I feel like that's a good size to reward the guys that have their stuff squared away. Uh but not, you know, just be so big that anybody can go hit it and, yeah. and just get laxy-daisy with, with fundamentals and stuff. So uh, that was kind of the, the goal, and that's what I did at Prince, too. If it was extra wind, I might would be. But we're talking about animal targets. Generally, animal targets are wider than they are tall. So I just had to worry about the – and I, we didn't know what to think on wind because we set it right. up several days prior and wind in Oklahoma, and we saw it. It could be zero. And we saw guys start a stage with no wind, as static it could be, and then – you know, a minute into it, it's, it's 15 miles an hour. Right. I mean, and you don't know what it's where so, it's going to go. So Ryan Hay was our fourth to last shooter, and he had started. He'd ran up. I'm on glass. He's using his – he's at the siding post doing his thing. And all I start saying is tent, 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 because our tent that we had, our shade tent, um, we tied it down yesterday. We didn't tie it down today because we looked at the wind, and it was supposed to be pretty light. But the, a, a strong gust came through and lifted that thing up and just flopped it right over. Yep. And poor Caleb sitting there like, I need help. And I was like, he's on the clock. Sorry. <laughs> we lost two canopies a day, and they were, uh, they're definitely a casualty. There, there's oh, yeah. no saving them. And, but it, it, yeah, just moments before is no wind. Yeah. No moments, no wind, and then you're getting 20 mile an hour, yeah. and it's just <laughs> lifting stuff up. Um, and then there's the moon dust that blows yep. everywhere and gets in everything. Like I'll have to gonna go home, take everything apart, clean it all up real and good. That was the bittersweet part of this match. We were on the road 
so that you could get to your car and be on it. And obviously, but the roads are dusty. Um, so it's road. like, yeah, I, when I come through, I would creep through. I didn't want to cause any dust. I, I just yep. I don't want to do that to a shooter. You yeah. come out here, have a good time. I don't want to dust you out, anything like that. But at the same time, it's like that was the the good part of being able to get to our cars. And Yeah, absolutely. People get in that AC, get their drinks and yep. their, their hydration packets, everything else. We only had to stop for the cows once. Yep. Um, and that was something got out, I think. Uh, yeah. That wasn't a, an error. Or <laughs> it wasn't for poor planning. I think they busted through something. Because, yeah. like, Caleb, I was watching the target, and Caleb was like, he's like, hey, are those cows going to go behind the target? And I was like, no, it looks like there's a fence over there. And then, like, I see the target, and something hits the target, and then something behind the target, like, moves. And I was like, okay, we're going cold after this shooter. <laughs> we do not want to hit Mr. Bobby's cow. <laughs> we're basically getting some rib eyes. So if a, if a shooter was high, it was going above the target, hitting the hill behind it, and then skipping up, going, like, over those, to those mesquite trees that were back there. That's exactly where those cows were at. And I was like, I do... Like, I've already messed up the iPad once. I do not want to get one of Bobby's cows <laughs> shot. Like, it was, uh, it was, but it was, it was a really good match. I enjoyed it. It was the most physically demanding match that I've ever shot. Yeah. Like, Canem's the toughest match. This has been the most physically demanding match. Um, what are, are we trying to do two more NRL Hunter matches next year with? Uh, Robert Brantley is Matt Director, and are we trying to get a better weekend than the end of July in Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, Paige and Travis, a sheet on that one. Uh, I would love to do two more. Uh, I would venture to say if we did in Oklahoma, we would want to pick another weekend. Uh, and th- th- we're just picking on Travis. He He's only got so many weekends to work out of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he, he cares about the matches going good, so he don't want to have 50 out there that he can't attend to. Right. And his plans were to come out here – that's what I love about the NRL. They they were going to handle scoring, registration, yep. everything. They really do a lot to pull their weight. However, you know, they're expecting a baby here soon, and they just did not think it was a smart move. And I agree with them for her to be out here. And yeah, then, no way. Yeah, so. This like, heat, being pregnant, she'd have been miserable. Yeah, so. You could have put her in the freezer, and she still would have yeah, been hot. Like, exactly. Not, not, a, not a chance. So, I, I don't, uh, you know, we, we gave him a little hard time at the wars about the heat and everything, but uh, it's all in. We're just poking fun, and uh, I'd love the opportunity to do more. I love putting these on probably just more than I do shooting because you really get to think. And I swear I learned more watching from this match. Yep. People do stuff than, than I would have participating in it. So I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, especially when you can't watch the shooters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, big shout-out to Brittany for, like, so I was up. I was up for a lot, long time Friday night. Um, I tried Messenger, couldn't get a hold of her, got a hold of her. And then trying to get all of the shooters loaded into the iPads. Like, I had built the stages. I had built the whole, all the things, added all the extra stages, um, but didn't have the shooter registration. So, like, got her to send me the file, got it all loaded. And then Saturday, we sat here and synced all the iPads. And then we added all of the power factors in to all the shooters. So, like, what you don't see the NRL crew doing behind the scenes is doing all of that stuff yeah. like building the practice score loading it all the ipads putting everybody's f- power factor in by hand yep and loading that all to the ipads if they don't get it on the excel sheet and then like making sure that like if there is a tie you know adjusting you know making sure that it goes off a of power factor and like all the extra little stuff that I didn't know about. The with registration and the sign-ins. They're always out there waiting. Oh, yeah. 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 They do a lot. And it really, as a shooter, it don't look like much because they can come in and go through that in five, ten minutes. Yeah, because they're, they're complete professional. Like, they got it down pat now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they didn't do much because I only did this. But add that up over 100, 200 shooters, put yep. it in the heat, put the people griping, all that stuff. Oh, as I a, got a question or, like – I waited at my house and it was the right weight. Well, this is the official scale that we're using yep. for the match. Like, just random things. Um, what, um, what was the most satisfying moment for you over the weekend? Uh, Besides it ending, and now you can somewhat <laughs> relax. Uh, most satisfying, man. Uh, I was worried about the the wolves on after day one, right. and uh, there was a, a kid that. They, him and his dad did not know what they were getting into in this match. They, okay. They had a – their 
bag was a turkey seat that you sit on. They just had like some Remington rifle I'd never even heard of, not a 700 or anything like that. No was that the ones that signed up as a team? N no, they're. Uh, I think I think they would have been skilled. I don't know how they signed up, but he he was like right off the bat, like, hey, I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm outclassed. They could have gave up. They were hot and sweaty. They pushed through, and I saw them come by a stage I was on, and I saw their scorecard. They hadn't hit a point all day, uh, you know. So I, t I told him tomorrow I'm bringing you my gun, my gear, my bag, my range, every tripod. I had everything for him. So I brought him out, and the kid kind of told me, he's like, hey, I, and I started, I don't want to just go to the zero range. It's like before we put you in there, let's check the zero with you, not my gun. Let's check right. it with you. And just let him get comfortable. And I was really looking to see if I could see if he was doing anything wrong right. and on it. But just seeing him want to do it, didn't know what any of this stuff was, but wanting to do it, wanting to learn stuff. And he never even shot the match. We stayed at the zero range, and he had more fun there, and we just let him shoot there. But uh, being there, uh, like I said, I was worried about the wolves. I'm sitting here with this kid shooting and seeing his, him light up, but I'm hearing them wolf because I'm closer to the wolves than, the, than I am the shooter. So I hear that steel ring. And, man, I just kept seeing that, that wolf getting smacked. So uh, I was, like, working with the new shooter while the stage I was worried about the most going great. Going great. Uh, yeah, and, and just seeing that flow go through. I didn't really go check on ROs. Every time I drove through, there's shooters on the clock shooting and there's shooters walking between stages. And I could just tell that everything was flowing. So I felt really good about that because you're really just on standby just waiting for a problem. Right. You know, and – and you're driving around getting water, bringing ice, yep. X, Y, Z, and waiting for a meltdown. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you never know when it's going to come. And uh, we only had one target. No, sorry, we had two target failures. One of them was on RO day, and it was, like, right off the bat, like the yeah. second shooter. Uh, we identified a problem, fixed it right off the bat. The same stage, target two, uh, guy just, I guess they ranged it wrong and hit a T-post, and finally a T-post gave out. But, uh, uh all I was I was thinking our T post was going to give out yeah. like that. So you put the beaver at the top, and it is like a foot below the top of the T post. Now it's like worked its way down. Oh I yeah, like, I was like, all right, we'll see how it's going to go. <laughs> I used a lot of uh, Chris Otfers, uh from Target Hanging Solution, his yep. steel and brackets. All the yep. animals pretty much was that. Those things held up great. We smoked some prairie dogs at two fifty ish. Oh yeah, and there's guys out here with. PRC seven psalm yeah six five psalm we broke a little foot off his steel held up amazing champion steel uh they they did a lot they sent a lot of circles and squares previous but they come out with a little pig and I put those at close ranges and you know for a brand that you can buy almost anywhere even at Walmart stuff yep. like that that stuff does didn't show up it just knocked the paint off it held up as good as any steel I've ever seen so that was really cool I was kind of you know trying some I had Trying a pretty, some new stuff. Yeah, because I, I wanted predominantly animals. The other thing I did, uh, I never put consistent animals on the same range and s shape. So if like if there was any circles that Bobby had out there, I made sure I put up no circles. They, they right. would be diamonds or animals or whatever. And if he, well, like know, stage one was a pig, stage two was a diamonds, diamonds, and stage three was triangles. Yeah. And then, so like completely different shapes. Bobcat, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobcat on day one and triangles day two, but those triangles you couldn't see the diamonds from there. So yeah, it was it was it was pretty pretty well separated. You there was no way to to mess that one up. Yeah. Um, and then four would be prairie dogs on day one and a bobcat on day two. Uh, then circles and then pigs. So like you yep. know, if you did see another target and you're looking for a pig, it would be a circle. Yeah, if exactly. you saw it. Exactly. Uh, so, in, uh, in case you didn't pay attention to the 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 sighting sighting stakes, like, and you pan too far, um, that wouldn't it wouldn't be an issue. So that was the so the working with the working with the new shooter and and seeing the the coyotes get smacked was the the coolest moment. What was what's the thing that you're going to make sure that gets sorted out? Like, uh, nothing goes perfect. So, what's the thing you no, want to make sure that it gets it gets sorted out for next I learned, time. I learned a lot as a match director because uh, it's very dirty. You can't just rely on spray paint for your uh, your markers, like for your limits and stuff like that. That right. stuff got some stages held up fine, and I could go to it on day two, and I couldn't even tell it. Then i go to other ones, and they would be totally destroyed. So, But I also tried to drive down a lot of stakes that just shattered and broke the ground so hard. Oh, so, yeah, the ground is ridiculous here. So, it, like, I, I did my best for what I had to work with, but I learned – uh, marking a little bit better, but my main thing that I learned is going to be uh, my safety brief. 
okay. because we had one guy, I'm not going to name him, but I had I asked the ROs at the end of day one, anybody give you any trouble or whatever, mm-hmm. four people spoke up. We had a common denominator name the, okay. you know, across the board. And uh, and then the one meltdown we had today would be, and it was just guys citing rules or whatever, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of discrepancies on sky loading these days. Okay. And I didn't really fault either side of it too much. It was just a – but I think there there should have been some clarity, and that falls on me on what what is acceptable and what's not. And I don't – the guy in no way I felt was doing anything unsafe, but it wasn't by definition, you know – He'd pick his head up off the gun or whatever, and I'm not making fun of him or anything. I told him like I'm not going to be hypocritical because I kind of shoot the way he does. I put the I know I'm pointing at the target slightly low, and I don't, I'm not always looking through the scope when I close a bolt, but I know I'm in a safe direction, and I just come up to my target. Right. And I was like, and I watched him shoot. I was like, I can't really fault him. He wasn't skyloading. Never did anything that I thought was unsafe, but you know, the different standards that different people have in the sport. Right. Uh, it, that falls on me that I should have done a better job to uh, to clarify uh, to clarify what, what should you get away with and what you shouldn't. So that, that falls on me. That's why I said I can't DQ the guy because he didn't do anything. I wasn't specific on telling him what he right. could do. Now, ADs, whatever, we all that's know. A, that's another story. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I learned that and uh, I learned about – Yellow blends can blend in a lot better than <laughs> I thought. Fluorescent yellow is what uh, I painted the placards with. Yep. And some of them were red. The reds jumped out way better. Okay. Uh, and then I learned. So day two, I would go put a, a yellow a perimeter around some of the, the harder to find ones. And that seemed to, I think yours was one of them. Yep. And I think it just made it really pop. Just yeah, some we contrast. Had, we had a, high, a hot pink streamer. Yeah. And that was, people were like, is it a number four? We're like, it's a number nine. It's the. The, the streamer was covering over the top of it. Oh, like, it slid okay, down? Okay. Yeah, well, it was right at the top, so it covered up the top of the nine, so okay. it looked like a four. They're like, we're like, no, that's a nine. They're like, but does it look like a four? Yes, it looks like a four. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, Something to learn, but there was no other target to confuse, I mean, to yeah, even I mean, see. It was the only one out there. It was literally the only target that was out there. Um, and then, so... We had some great sponsors of this. You named them at the at the at the prize table, and we won't go over all of them here. But Manners was the um, title sponsor. Yep. And we had Sig here; they're the uh, series sponsor. But we yep. had some other solid companies. We had you know Kestrel and uh, Magneto Speed. We had Hodged Vort- Impact, yep. Vortex, um, RCBS, fu- RCBS. Hornady came in big. I saw Hornady, a bunch, yeah. bunch of bullets on the table. Champion and Hoppies. Champion, uh, Hoppies. Uh, short action uh, uh, precision. or Yeah, yeah short, short action, action precision. Uh, they, and a lot of these companies, I want to really say that they reached out to me. Uh, Hogden reached out to me, uh, short action precision. Uh, something happened with the Vortex uh, shipment because I was moving from place to place, and it got shipped to where I was at, and they – got it back, overnighted it, I think, two times to get it to, to me. So they went out of their way uh, to make sure those prizes showed up. So, like, yep, that's that, awesome. That means a lot. I mean, people don't understand, yeah, for sure. you know, how hard it is to get prizes, much less to have companies beat down your door to support it. To support and, the And match. then when things go wrong, they, they do it. So, like, huge shout-out to them. A lot of really good companies that uh, that stepped up. Uh, uh, Tom Manners wanted to build the gun that we gave away, and he yep. did. But uh, and he was Tom believes in like if I'm donating this gun I'm buying the parts you know because right. if if I call this barrel company up this action company up this and all these things come together like mm-hmm. is their parts I get the credit for it Tom's a big believer and every year like for the gap grind the uh, pay it forward rifle he just he orders a gun from GA Precision just buys it and then gives it away so it's not anything he or obviously supplies a stock but you know he doesn't milk it for anything but Bartline I'd want to give them a a big uh, shout-out because they, whenever we went to buy the barrel from them, they're like, no, you're not buying this. We're we're donating it. Also, bar- that's a $700, $800 barrel, the carbon yeah, barrel. The carbon wrap barrel that they've got. Yeah. Uh, Trigger Tech, same thing. And Badger Ordnance, same thing. They're, they're like, no, man, we're going to support this. So all the companies really stepped out. And that was a sweet little rig. It weighed 6.8 pounds, 18-inch carbon fiber barrel, 6.5 Creedmoor. Mac Brothers, Action, Manners, PH, Badger, uh, 
bottom metal and defiance uh, trigger. And I mean, that was just a sweet rig. And we did random draw for that. Anybody that supported this match in any way, shape, or form was uh, eligible for for the right. rifle. And you know, I really we did that because of things like teams and stuff like that. It's hard in NRL Hunter. It's hard to award uh, excellence right. because there's so many classifications. Right? Like, who do you, who do you? I mean, give you it got to? you got skills. You got open open heavy, open light, factory. Yep. Um, ladies, young guns, and then you got teams, and then like, but all the people that help behind the scenes, Bobby, like, uh, your extended family, like Steve, yeah, other, the 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 crew from uh, that was helping on on zero range, like your ROs, some of them, sh- uh, you know, shot, but they didn't have the greatest score because like they got overheated and they yep. didn't finish, like. Doing it the way that you did it is probably the best way that you could have done it. Re- like, put everybody on an Excel spreadsheet, random generator, number 65, and it ended up going to um, a, a real good shooter and a military guy. So, like, it's a win-win. Yep. His da- uh, he was going to shoot with his dad. His dad emailed me, come up, something come up. We're broke down. Uh, my boys are going to come shoot. Uh, so, it was his name with his boy that fell on the team. So, and I said, winner must be present. So I gave it to his boy who was a teammate, a part of his team. He was right. legit here. And he showed up. They broke down. He showed up at 1130 and was like, hey, I don't want to cheat on Power Factor. Uh, I want to do it all right. I mean, they were class act individuals. They weren't really prepared for the match in certain ways, but they, they had a great attitude, uh, moved through it. Uh, you know, it really probably couldn't have gone to a, a better better place because they look like they're hungry to – compete in this sport and that's what i really wanted i didn't want to give somebody that maybe not would wouldn't continue in this and right. then just get sold or whatever and if you give it to the top guy sometimes it's a sponsored guy that's got what he needs and that's fine i mean they can use that to recoup money you know they, a lot of times they'll sell it to recoup money to to pay for their match fees and stuff but as us as a manufacturer and when you're giving something that you it really you want to see you want to see it go to use yeah exactly it really hits home when it goes to someone that's going to put it to use and that's we won in that that regard because they're super pumped about it. I mean, I mean, at least this guy wanted it. The last rifle you guys gave away at Prince, you like could hard, times. You hardly give that thing away. Yeah, and and the guys wanted it, and they were like Scott Weaver won it the first time, and he shoots our stuff, and and he said, "I feel bad taking it. We don't give Scott nothing. He's always paying for his own stuff. He's like, no, I'm going to pay it forward to someone else." And Everyone he paid it forward to wanted to pay it forward, and it's yeah. like now we got a burden of. So it went to him, and it went to somebody else, and then it went to like they said, give it to a military guy, and then Brandon Green won. And he's like, no, give it away, and you're like, no, you're taking the gun. Yeah, we're done chasing <laughs> all this out, and, and me and Brandon just got it sorted out. And uh, to give Brandon a shout out from the Bayou Ballistics match, he found a guy to give that gun to. Did he? So awesome. uh, that that was good, you know. So it a lot of good stuff just keeps happening in this sport, and that's why I like it. That's why I want to be part of it, and uh, man, it. It couldn't be much better. Uh, Badlands hasn't had a match since 04, I oh, believe. Wow. And because of how drama can happen in matches, they're like, we're out of it. We're, we People can host matches here, but we're done putting them on. And, right. you know, we all know that. But it's usually 1% is the drama. It, right. It's not the majority. That's It's the noisiest 1% that we hear because you, you always hear about all this drama going on. But overall, the people you meet, it's, it's rare. But when it happens, it you hear a lot about it so yeah uh it was glad they saw said man this is a good community we want to start holding matches again doing stuff so and and talking about the community i mean we sat out here almost every night till 11 12 o'clock yeah every night after we've been in the heat all day long like everybody's up hanging out in the kitchen the 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 dining area like smoking and joking and having a beer or, or or helping in the kitchen with lunch for the next day like it really is a community. Everybody's just hanging out, having a good time. But I come in one night, 8.30, 9 o'clock, from moving targets from day one to day two. I show up on the table. It's you, Andrew Ryder, uh, Chris Long, a few people, and they're putting in power factors. They're putting in scores. They're editing stuff. Like, that. you know, it's really yeah, awesome. Yeah, because we had to put in all the – we, we I, just used paper for the ROs on Friday. I didn't ask for, I didn't ask for any help. I didn't uh, – do any of that and y'all just stepped up and uh and it went smooth so yeah. it's like that was super there cool. was what three people that had an issue four mm-hmm. people that had an issue all weekend and that was more of a system issue than yeah than anything like that so that's just what i'm wanting to say we like, go in and edit it but it wouldn't keep the edit like it was the weirdest thing ever 
but yeah, just the community came together and really helped out, and uh, it it was awesome. And I'm sitting here uh, biting my nails because I'm thinking like I'm dropped the ball on this or that. I'm for, I, I gotta forget something, right? It's, yeah, something's gonna go haywire, and it just kept going smooth, kept going smooth, and people kept uh, uh, saying that they had fun and everything. So, uh, you know, overall, it was a rewarding. Uh, event and i had such a blast doing it yep. so uh loving seeing the new shooters we had a lot of i'd say the the skill level across this match was very diverse yes some solid solid shooters that that could win any match they go to uh and then some people that uh i, I met several people that said like hey i watched your podcast with so-and-so and i saw you're the match director so i signed up and just really wanted to come out here and i, I said that was super cool i that was very humbling to hear from several people said they never even shot a match of any kind and then i think was it one of the team no there was a team that had never shot a match before and they shot together as a team today but someone got a trophy today and it was his first match ever. oh yeah yeah he lives 15 miles away yeah that's right he's a vet Uh, yeah and so he's a solid shooter he's been around here for he knew nothing of the course of fire He, he had no home field advantage even though he's local maybe on the heat on the uh yeah the weather the weather conditioning yeah yeah Maybe you need to be conditioned to come out here that might have been it but he had never shot a match but you could tell he was squared away he had a process and he had the gear he was real smooth yeah and i mean that goes to show you like you don't you can come out here and it's, it's more about a, a solid shot process and a workflow than anything the guys that that stay calm that have a process and a and a workflow that they want to go through they almost always excel and the guys that turn to, their brain turns to spaghetti when the buzzer goes off you know that you can see a clear difference between those those two type people and he was on the calm camp yeah uh, and that just i mean it goes to show people so if you never shot a match before and you're wondering i was like i mean you just got to jump in but just try to keep your head on you and it's yep. really and it was he didn't overcomplicate anything and ended up pulling off i think a third place finish so like yeah that was super cool to get to see that yeah third place open heavy i think yeah i was that was awesome um so we're gonna wrap this up so you can get back to relaxing and and, and seeing your kiddos um what's the what's the thing that you want to put out there like somebody that's that hasn't shot a match or hasn't shot a hunter match like what's that key piece of information that they need to go to a match and just not not win just like do well and have a good time like what's that key piece of information like man i like good rifle like some decent gear but like what's what's that thing that they need to they need to show up with and really put in uh the two things i say you need to put time in is working with your laser range finder i don't care how good you can shoot you can never shoot bad dope out shoot bad dope i mean if if your ranges are wrong you're you're just doomed for success so i'm a big proponent on knowing where your laser's hitting you know because not every laser is dead center of their thing so right this was a great match with the the mesquite or the uh phone poles sticking up a lot of skyline stuff you could check lasers see where at so that's some prior work you need to do to really be dialed in uh to know when you're getting the right lays and when you're not but the other thing is that goes hand in hand with that is I like to work. I don't practice a lot when I get ready for these. I, I work on my dope. I want to make sure my dope's good because when things go uh, downhill out here, you don't know if it's your data or your, your lays. So, you know, you need to know that you're chasing the right thing. So if you can assure yourself that you have good drop and good data, you can rule something out. Right. That, uh, that if something isn't lining up, it could be a red flag to, to know you need fixed. But, you know, if you square those two things away, the rest can fall into place, you know, because – like I said, don't matter how good you do at everything else, if your ranges are bad, and then, you know, and then trust in your dope. I mean, you got to trust your dope. If you made a good shot and you saw it went two tenths high, don't try to think that your data's off. Say, hey, I probably ranged it wrong. Make your two tenth correction on elevation, get your hit, and figure it out on the next one. You know, but you really need to keep an open mind and and uh, on as you go and, and take data in, saying like, hey, when I when the targets, I know I can get good lays. I'm hitting them. Uh, but whenever I don't know that I have it, you know, that's when I'm kind of questioning, uh, you know, because if you get a bad stage and you think it's due to bad laser and you got to let that go, you, yeah. you didn't really do anything wrong on your shooting side. So you just got to say, hey, next time I'm going to make sure I get better, better lasers. But, man, we were in conditions that I really don't know what you would do to make it better. I mean, yeah. a lot of things suffered. 
Uh, I would like to know what rangefinders really performed the best in this. That would be some good data to have, I would think. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what that would be, but we saw gear from every brand out here, I'd say. Yep. Some guys using monoculars, some guys using binos. I didn't see any weapon-mounted rangefinders on this one. Did you as an RO? Did I? What was that? Weapon-mounted rangefinders. I, I saw none. I didn't see a single one. Okay. Uh, when we were at Arena – you know, the winner of that one, uh, Top Jimmy, that's what he shot. And that can be a cool uh, thing to use. Uh, but, yeah, this here seemed a lot more in the hunting camp as far as all the people than it was the hunting the, the field yeah. tactical type shooters. Yeah. there. I mean, we did have some guys that shoot mammoth and sack yeah. and everything like that. But it was, I say it was dominated by, like, actual hunting crowd guys. A lot of QU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted one of them bags. Um, Someone told me to like, hey, describe this guy out here. He's like, well, he was wearing a bino harness, some QU pants. <laughs> he had a backpack on and a rifle, and they're like, that's everybody here. It's literally <laughs> the entire field. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I want to let you go. I want to say, like, I didn't sign up for this match to shoot it. I signed up for this match to come help my friend out, Robert. You took care of me way back in the day, like when I was first getting started at Altus. So, like, anything. You ever needed a hand or anything like that? Let me know, and and I'll and I'll be there to give you a, give you a, a hand if my my schedule works out for you. But I appreciate you coming out like, here and doing this, doing the podcast, doing the scoring for the people that don't know. Like I said, guy really stepped up and did did a whole bunch of stuff that will it doesn't large, get seen largely will go unnoticed. But uh, but. If he we wouldn't have been here, it'd been all the talk on Facebook. It, <laughs> things would have gone downhill quick. So uh, you saved me from a huge uh, landslide. Uh, yeah, like I saved you from a bunch of phone calls with Travis and, yeah. and Brittany is what it was. Um, yeah, she was texting me this morning, telling me how like the prize table and the order of things, and I was like, I didn't even know that's how things went. But okay, let's let's make it happen. Because this is a poor cell phone signal area, so. I would usually get messages on how to do stuff after it's too late. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, duly noted. Well, Let I sat in that back room and tried talking to her, and the phone, the, the call dropped 15 times easy yeah. sitting in that back room. I and you'll like, have four bars. Yeah, I'll have four bars, and I'm on the Wi-Fi and everything, and just drop, yep. drop. Hey, are you there? Drop. Hey, uh, no, do it this way. Drop. Like, it was, it was frustrating, but we got it taken care of. But No, I appreciate everything y'all did. Uh, it, this will be one to remember, yeah. I'd say, for a while. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be talking about how, man, this is way better than last year with, <laughs> with the weather. So, <laughs> Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah, we're, uh, if not, I might not say. If Travis says, like, it's July next year, I'll be like, man, you might want to find someone else to do <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're not wrong. It's, it, it was tough. It was hey, I, I want to give a huge shout-out, huge to uh, Mr. Tommy Tinsley. I don't own a side-by-side, and I couldn't imagine putting on this match. I brought my Kafaru frame pack thinking I was going to – hump uh, targets up and down the heels oh man tommy brought out for me and uh, on the trailer and everything a little side by side to bar for a week just handed it to me and every, i don't think i could have put this on without that side, help. yeah and people don't understand like it's those little things like that that someone helps you that that means so much there's no way i could have done that so uh yeah that, that was this little girl i think she's like 12 i think it was his her side by side that he got he just donated he's like to he's like here take this for a week yeah. yeah i mean and i'm sad tommy wasn't here he was supposed to be here he shooting broke t- down yeah shooting teams with caleb mccready and his transmission blew up and he wasn't able to make it out here yeah but you the were match, you were you still saved the match tommy yeah the match went on due to him so uh a huge shout out to him and we don't need to give him too much credit. His head will get too oh, big. Oh man, he'll, he'll he'll start he'll start dancing a jig. And he he gets too much gloating going on. Yeah, but I do want to at least uh, throw that out there, and I want to thank Badlands too. Uh, when I st- I've been shooting for over 15 years, and this is where I st- a lot of my original shooting happened back here, and a lot of people don't, you know, in, especially in our crowd and the PRS NRL aren't even aware of this, but they've been doing this for longer than almost anybody the long range precision stuff so it was really cool to get to come back out here to a, a place that i you know did stuff at 15 years ago right and like uh, i've heard the name badlands but i didn't like i didn't know it was still around because yeah. like nobody holds ma- like they don't have matches yeah. here they're not hosting them so like it was it was pretty pretty crazy to see like how much land is out here yeah. and then see like oh there's a shooting range right in the middle of right here oh seven oh nine terry cross turned me on this place, I got to come out here and shoot on my own. And then, by the luck, I got Granfield. And the guy I can tell you is a little town, very small. But I accepted a pipeline job in Granfield. 
and I was out here for a year or so. Uh, and so I, you can bet where I frequented. And oh, it was yeah. back when ammo was cheap and you could get it. So yes. every week I would order like <laughs> two or three cases of ammo. And I had this little Gap 5, uh, Gap 6.5 Creedmoor that I would just turn, tote around everywhere around the country and just burn barrels out. And so, like, this place, people would know it was very crucial to my learning curve as, as a precision shooter. And, like, I couldn't imagine how frustrated I'd get out here years ago oh, but yeah. now it's so cool to come back to the same place same target same terrain everything and with a better understanding of how things work and uh because i proved some of the stages you know it's like man this would have crushed me years yeah. ago and now you know i'm cleaning these stages or whatever so it, it was super cool to to come back and uh shoot a match where i've been a long time ago so big shout out to bobby and miss z for uh opening their doors and when i say opening their doors they open yeah this whole place has been free uh, free reign like they put me up. They put the ROs up. Like shooters. twelve rooms, I think. Twelve yeah. bedrooms. You know, put everybody up and fed. I mean, we we eat breakfast, lunch, I supper. Had, I had missed a meal. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to go look for it. Nothing. Nope. So like, and my wife, I definitely want to give her a big shout. She yeah, if really you didn't, stepped she, out. You'd hear it. Yeah, she stepped up and uh and fed a lot of people and watched uh, one and two year or two and three now year old kids at the, the same whole time. time and a dog yes <laughs> that we're now taking home <laughs> <laughs> yeah so come out here to put on a match come back with a new companion there you so, go no but i really appreciate all you do for the content and and putting on this and, and helping it goes a long ways and uh, awesome brother anytime if you but, need anything let me know but we're ready for the next one absolutely thanks brother thanks guy bye go ahead say that again boom booms do you like boom booms uh-huh. Does that have boom booms? Yeah. That was cool, huh?